commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your home and news show for in-depth coverage analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Here is your news segment rundown for November 15th, 2019. Our debut segment dedicated to reviewing The Mandalorian, Fistful of Beskar. There's finally two games. Now for your host, Ben Grant and Adam, to discuss The Mandalorian. Thank you, Grex. Oh my goodness, what a week for Star Wars fandom. Uh, been waiting for this one for a while, and um, headlining it is, of course, uh, The Mandalorian, um, which came out uh, on the first day of uh, Disney Plus rollout. Um, so exciting. Uh, what we're going to do today, and probably heretofore, we're going to cover these things in chronological order, and we're actually going to go scene by scene through this. Um, this will obviously be spoiler filled um, and and talk about these amazing shows. So um, if you haven't seen episode two, that's cool. You can hang out with us. Um, we, we won't spoil uh, two until um, we'll, we'll give you fair warning. Um, so, yeah, with that, why don't we um, just start at um, why, don't, why don't we start with some first impressions? Actually, just a little broad overview um, before we get into the nitty gritty. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know about anyone else, but did anyone else cry on a plane on the plane this week? Because I did. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, made me the plane. But, the tears. Uh, the, the, yeah. the end of this first episode for sure. Yeah. So a little background: I was flying to the West Coast. I had downloaded The Mandalorian uh, at 3 a.m. before I got on my plane, and could not get Wi-Fi service on the plane. So I was my plan was to watch The Mandalorian once and then do some watch some other stuff. Uh, I watched it five times in a row because what else are you going to do when you're flying to the West Coast and you have no internet? Yeah, and you have the coolest Star Wars material you've had since Empire yes. Strikes Back. Yeah, I mean, so first impression, real realistically, was I, I really loved it. Um, I loved a lot of it, uh, most of it, uh, and I, I wrote something down, and I don't, I don't mean this, you know, as a negative, but this is what I wanted from Solo, and I love what Solo gave us, but this was kind of what I was thinking Solo was going to be like, right? Like this Western in space. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm so happy we got it. Yeah, I but, love the state of the galaxy in this storyline where, you know, uh, it's coming off of an age of, of disarray where, you know, the, the rebels have just defeated the Galactic Empire and now, you know, everyone's a free-for-all and there's just bounty hunters in the Outer Rim hunting quarry. It's it's fascinating. It feels like a Western, like you said. It's just a Western samurai film mashup. Yes, totally. Yeah, we talked about this too. We were like, we wanted, you know, Ennio Morricone or Sergio Leone, like, Good, the bad, and the ugly, spaghetti western, Akira Kurosawa sort of mashup and callback, and that's exactly, exactly yeah, what this and, is. And what's really unique about the show, and I think we did talk about this, um, you know, twenty odd episodes back, is that it's it it does kind of take the perspective of, of a Native American character in the Western mm. piece. Yeah, the yes, Hispanic instruments and the kind of callbacks to the tribe, the Mandalorian tribes. It's like it's exactly what I wanted from this story, and they're they're, they're giving us that. It's astounding yeah like i would i would equate mandalorian more to like a a comanche warrior than i would a kind of gunslinger yeah white hat you're right i had forgot you had mentioned that um, grant but that's that's absolutely true and we haven't heard um that much about that part of it yet 
the um, first episode really it teases like four or five future plot lines um, that like each one more fascinating than the last. Um, and so, yeah, but that was certainly one of them is, you know, this guy's real Mando. There are real Mandos around and um, uh, yeah, and we're going to get it. And it's like it's like the gritty, like real Mandalorian religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that really more harkens back more to the the old former EU, um, the Legends EU, and uh, and right. yeah, and and yeah, it's it's it seems so cool. So yeah. um, do we want to get started into this thing? What um, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean the other thing I wanted to say was the uh, just mentioned the the soundtrack is yeah. Like, I mean it, it is Ennio Morricone, like it's in space, it's perfect, and That's it's like different enough from Firefly, so it's not just like oh, Western in space. This is like spaghetti western in space specifically, and um, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's those, nice. those like chimes and rattles and woodwinds yep. a western would have, but it feels like it's a mashup of all these world instruments from all over the globe. You know, it really feels like it's got this almost alien feel to it because it feels so exotic in, in an interesting way. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. he uses like the signature instruments from Ennio Morricone's soundtracks. It's like large clang bells and like you said the rattles and like vocalizations and then there's these synthetic elements that give it this sort of future space vibe um yeah, that, that a modern production modern level of like production quality and polish yeah yeah, yeah. makes it sound so interesting it, when you juxtapose that against john williams score which is amazing in its own right but this is just the, the modern production quality yeah. of this whole thing this is the score that this show needed right like it's, yeah. it's what this show is and it fits it just just perfectly yeah um and lack of score too there's a lot of moments in this show where there's just no score whatsoever and it's and even that is like like it's just used so thoughtfully this idea of when to actually break into any music um all right do you want to just do this kind of scene by scene yeah let's do it man all right so i have a a first question the first thing i have is actually before we even get into the show what do you all think about the new star wars bumper that they put up in front of these episodes did you notice that yeah yeah, well, it was cool in the first episode, right? Because they, mm-hmm. so it's 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 masks. It's sort yep. of like this like stylization of helmets and masks. You know, I yep. think that you see like C three PO, Darth Vader, uh, a stormtrooper mask, and then finally yep. a Mandalorian mask. I think at the end, and, uh, and it times up with the beeps on the tracking fobs. Yeah, that they have. Um, yep. so that was pretty cool. I don't know. It was sort of it was an interesting choice. I, I don't yep. really feel one way or the other about it. It was interesting. It's very, uh, it's very Marvel, right? Yes. Like idea of, and it's going to be interesting to see. My big question: I don't think they'll do it for Rise of Skywalker, but it'll be interesting if that's just is something that's attached now in front of all Star Wars to kind of sensitize everyone to be like, "This is Star Wars." Yeah, I wondered if it was just specific to this thing. Like, I, yeah, I don't know if this is. It doesn't have the epic feel that it's going to. This could be the thing that's in front of yeah. all of the live action shows. Yeah. But they're trying it out, and it, you're right. I mean, I mean, it's it's specifically Marvel too because they use the colors red and blue, um, yeah. and white in addition to like gold and black, and yeah. um, which is kind of new. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'd be interesting to see if we see it again after this show, yeah. or if it was just yeah, sort of I mean, they needed a front yeah. bumper, and this was they're like, okay, that works. Yeah, it felt. I have I have some interesting thoughts just generally, and I won't go into now about Disney Plus, but for for something that seems like they've been working on it for years, it felt rather some of the interface felt rather rushed so i don't know how much yeah. this stuff was kind of last minute of like oh crap we need to do this like we need to put something in front let's just do this but you, but uh yeah you know i i think that's exactly it it'd be like because it doesn't seem nearly as thoughtful as everything that john favreau's worked on yeah, yeah. um 
but that's just me projecting. What did you think, Grant? Do you have any thoughts? Well, being a guy who collects, you know, all, <laughs> all the Black Series toys with like, you know, Macquarie helmet designs. Like I collect everything with either a droid visage or like helmet design that feels very Macquarie. That's the kind of stuff I love and I collect. And so that front bumper was just like candy to me. I loved it. I was like, this is this is gorgeous. This is this is what I think Star Wars is in my head. There's all the iconic, you know, faces and of all these yeah. characters that I love. It's it's perfect um, to, to sum up the brand. And I feel like going forward, every Star Wars story is going to add a, a face to that bumper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, no, interesting. Yeah, I had that. I had a similar thought because, right, because they they add the man, they specifically add the Mandalorian's helmet. So I'm like, I was wondering similarly if they do more things, if, if they would add more in there. Yeah, I think you need a helmeted, you know, character in your Star Wars story, regardless. It could be the villain, it could be the hero, it yeah. could be a side character. It'll be someone who will become novel by the end of your series or your show. Yeah, yeah, like K2SO will appear when they do casting. Oh, know? good call. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah that would uh, be cool. All right, so we start in, and this is by Wikipedia, is we start in an, in an undefined bar, an unidentified bar and an unidentified ice planet. <laughs> Which I love. I love that they don't put the kind of the, yeah. the lower thirds kind of planet names in there. They don't super in those. Interesting choice. Um, what do you think about that scene? I was, I, so the, uh, the Mithral, a new, a new alien species we're <laughs> introduced to, yeah. played by Horatio Sands from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Perfect casting. Perfect casting. He and, was great. Uh, yeah. This kind of uh, this gave me the good, the bad, and the ugly vibe immediately. Yes. Immediately, and I would say that's the vibe for the entire first episode for me. Especially, you could the ugly could be the Mithril in the beginning or IG Eleven at the end. I think it's totally good, the bad, and the ugly that yeah. first episode uh, through and through. Um. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I, I I like the idea of bounty pucks. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, fun. they established sort of the pieces in the game right away with the pucks yeah. and the bobs that sort of like, you know, chase down and um yeah, pretty pretty great scene and um good to see the classic bar scene, man. I mean, yep. just, you know, you, you had to establish how, you know, what a bad man uh the uh the Mando is and uh and that that does it right there. Yeah. And they went out of their way, not in a bad way, but to to have them mention Beskar. Right, first scene. Yeah, yeah, first asked, scene. Is that Beskar is that real Beskar steel, right? Like that's that's yeah. there. We know that's going to be a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also love that that kind of that mercenary background mercenary you've seen in like the you know every film from the 2010s is speaking Cutties in like the beginning of this movie. I was like, oh, yeah. this is hilarious that all these all these actors are speaking Cutties and they're doing such a good job. I was like, I thought they did an incredible job speaking the line yes. of dialogue. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, me too. Like you know that like they were all on set being like, "What are my lines?" Yeah. But like when they they sell it like it's a real language and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's really pretty cool. I thought that too. It was like really cool to see like a human speaking Huttese perfectly, and uh, you know as a, as a ne'er do well. Yeah, well <clears throat> and um, it's so fun when people just call him Mando like that slang like the Mando being thrown around. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which um, is a pretty brave thing to to do. Know. Shout out to to Greg Frazier for uh, the cinematographer because I love just that opening shot when we open on the fob and the Mandalorian, yeah. you know, it's it's in his hand and he's he's just you know scanning sure. the, the, the the landscape. I yeah. love that. Man, this this show. Speaking of scanning land, the show should be called like The Mandalorian with fobs. Yeah, <laughs> pucks and fobs. I was gonna, I was gonna present that name to you guys, pucks and fobs. 
<laughs> like with the first two episodes, a lot of fob work, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's relevant. Like it's it's used it's well. Just shots, funny. Um, yeah. yeah, that was like yeah. every other page. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's the stuff I love, though. Like, I love the mechanics of how things work in the Star Wars galaxy. And uh, and it's like they're like, oh, yeah, no. So we have these pucks and we have these fobs and that's how we find people because it's a huge galaxy. Like, how else would you do it? Yeah. So and, I'll just say uh, yeah. these episodes are relatively short. Their first episode was 39 minutes. Second episode was 32 minutes. They're short yeah, episodes, wow. but they take their time. Like there are scenes that, that yeah. last for like a minute of them just walking, which I love. Like they, I, yeah. I just think they're it's so smart to do this, like because as they're walking, you're just getting lore drop after lore bomb, you know, reference after reference in a very organic way. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you're just doing these upshots of the Mandalorian's helmeted face visage. Yeah. yeah. And and he's like as emotive with that helmet as, you know, um, Clint Eastwood was with his face. And it's just like right. it's the same right. shot. Um, and it's and they're cool. Like and it's just great that they take their time with that. And you're just like you're forced as the viewer to sort of try and discern the emotion behind that mask. And you can do it fairly easily. It's it's quite an accomplishment. And uh, yeah, Dave and uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau talk about, you know, directing Pedro to use the, the visor of the helmet like a cowboy would use the brim of his hat. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. And you, like, you definitely notice that you definitely totally. those gestures. Yeah. Uh, I love the gesture when he walks into that room uh, with with Werner Herzog and the stormtroopers. That is probably my favorite shot in the first episode. Where he's kind of yeah. walking, feel that hesitation, you feel the tension building, and just through the visor and how it's kind of, you know, it's tilted yeah. down slightly. Yeah, yeah. All the characters had helmets on, and it's you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. You realize like this is a confrontational um, experience. Yeah. Um, the uh, one um, that in that first scene, another thing I want to mention was just a pretty pretty heinous death. Like, yes, I yeah. I thought that was going to be a much faster situation than it was. <laughs> yeah, and I was I like, like in the was... preview they ramped speeded it up or something. Like it felt. Uh, you're right. It yeah. didn't feel. Yeah, it was gnarly. There was another scene too later on in this mm-hmm. where I was like, wow, that's dark. That's like there's some dark stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, and comedy. We like it's a good mix of like darkness and some funny, funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, vac tube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In your thorax yeah i, I mean i mean that's oh, yeah. so like we get like we get our first kind of funny moment right when they leave the bar and there's a there's a kubaz which is a grindin species calling the speeders using a flute yes and, that was so you get, cool. and you get like the nice shiny droid and hates the droid <laughs> and then good speed up speeder driven by who else would you get brian posein if you want like a schlubby guy you get brian posein <laughs> i know with like pieces falling off his yeah feet. It's like, oh, you didn't want the droid, which yeah. is like a little bit. It's like, oh, man, like he's he's racist against droids. Like, OK, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's per- pervasive through the galaxy and they needed to establish that. So there it is. Yeah. When I saw Horatio Sands and then I saw Brian Hussein, I was like, we are in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was, I mean, so funny when I thought Brian Hussein was hilarious. I thought the character was awesome. Yes. And uh, yeah. the immediate death that follows was <laughs> Oh, comedic. Yeah. I would say comedic, even though the oh, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> by eaten by a ravenac. Yeah, <laughs> which is like a seal, like a seal eel. Something like that. Still not sure what I was looking at, but it's it's, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, beautifully rendered, like gorgeous uh, CG. Yeah. I thought that was one of the most. I thought that looked ten times better than the sloth ears, in, in in my opinion. I thought it looked really really good. Um, the lighting, uh, just how it was hooked on to the ship. Uh, yeah. Really, 
good action moment. Yeah, I'm, I've only watched it on my iPad, to be fair, but I've still just been blown away by the special effects in, in these episodes. Like, what you can do now is just unbelievable. Yeah. And that's probably the reason for a lot of those kind of, uh, you know, meandering se- uh, sequences where you're, you're getting the travel sequences where he's just walking around. Like, they don't want to, they don't have, they're not going to spend endless yeah, time. Yeah, doesn't cost. These scenes doesn't cost as much as to have them walk around the town. Yeah. Um all right, then fights he fights the Ravenak, and we get uh, their, his first use of the. Uh, do we know what that weapon's called? Called it and have the name, but the, you know from the animated series, from the animated yeah. or... holiday special. Yeah, yeah, the holiday special. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's like a stun. It's like a cattle prod. I mean, yeah. sniper rifle, um, and it's like a one. You know, so we we learn later about what sort of rounds it takes, but. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting. It's a it's a melee weapon primarily, yeah. and um, yeah, and has that has this like electronic charge to it to uh, dissuade people from messing with you, um, and it seems to be good against animals. So um, yeah, True. Um, that's pretty cool. Also, we got um, the Razor Crest. I mean, they establish yeah. his ship, which is we we get through um, Horatio's character uh, how it's <laughs> it's a little janky. Uh, the old yep. Razor Crest. He's like, oh wow, pre Empire. Um, which is cool. So it, it hails from like, you know, old Republic um, or, you know, a Republic era. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. And um, it's what did you guys think of the ship? Is it um, up to par? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, it's fine. I, I agree with I agree with the Mithral's rep, uh, take on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when the Mithral first arrives, he goes, you've got to be kidding me when he's looking at the ship. Yeah. Did you guys catch that beat? And yes. Then I, yeah. Uh, I mean, what could that mean? Like, it's a very old ship, and it, it yeah. probably, you know, probably doesn't function as well as as newer models and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and then then he offers to like rent a you know a a much better ship. So you, yeah. you get the idea that it's like it's a hunk of junk. I mean, on the inside, it, it and even on the outside, it, it reminds me of like a Vietnam era helicopter. Or yes, something. it's yeah, it it's very functional, right? Like yes, that, that's what you get very, from it. And which is very true to that character, right? Like, like what we get introduced in the, Man- the Mandalorian is like, he's just, he's just, this is all he does. His life is just collecting bounties, taking money, and we'll talk about what he's doing with that money in a little bit. Yeah. But like, that's it. So all he needs is a ship that works and gets him to point A to point B. Yeah. Right. And we know the, the economy is kind of tanked. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's not going to have a newer model. He's going to have an outdated ship. It only makes sense for the, the world. Yeah. State of- he just needs it to work. So, um. All right, so he goes back, and then um, we meet uh, Carl Weathers, right? Is that the, oh, I have two oh, yeah. things while they're on it. The first is um, we get a Life Day mention. Oh, yeah, Life Day is canon, folks. Yeah, Life Day oh. is officially canon. Uh, I think it's been canon, but officially, I think it's the first time maybe mentioned on screen, like on a live action. I don't think it's yeah. been I forgot. I totally went over yeah. my head when he was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to make it home for Life Day. And the scene when the Mithral is in the cargo bay yeah. it feels like a horror movie. Yeah. And it's really, it's really well done because at that moment in the series, well, the first time I was watching it, I'm like, ooh, like they're really making it a point that the Mando is not a hero, right? Which I know we know, but like it really made him out to be, you know, really just a, a not a great person, like a really scary dude, which I thought was, was important, especially because they're going to play off of that, you know, after the end of this episode. Yeah. I love that he, is own, he has his own onboard carbonite freezing chamber. That's yes. Like, that's a revolution. It's like... Boba Fett like revolutionized and really Darth Vader like revolutionized bounty hunting forever. Yeah. And so I'm sure it's the first time Boba Fett brought a, a bounty in and carbonite. Everyone was like, I got to get me one of those. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, I listened to one of the press conferences, and uh, Dave Filoni actually bumped up against that idea when when Favreau presented it. He was like, "I, you know, that was experimental technology only about like seven years ago, and I, I doubt anyone would be able to, you know, fit that on their ship or fit a device like that on their ship." And then, but he finally went with it. It was a really funny story. I have so. a feeling Filoni and Favreau had some interesting bumps <laughs> along yeah. that we're going to talk about. I, it's interesting, like, like certain things happen that I was like. Special? Yeah, like, but it's interesting where I'm related content. <laughs> There's things where I'm like, I'm surprised Filoni allowed that to happen. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm actually very happy with some of the things, but I was, I was a little surprised. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, Ben, you're saying we get to the bar, we meet uh, Grief Karga, played by Carl Weathers. Yeah. Um, one thing, quick thing to point out before we talk about him, is there are actually two Cloud Riders in the bar from Solar. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, you see the Rodian walking around. That's Chusido. Uh, the orange a, Rodian? Yep. That, is, that, wow. is, okay. It's been confirmed as the same. And then uh, there's another one that I, it's like the Melbu. I don't recognize the species, but it's, they have pictures of them from Solo. So the Cloud Riders or members of the Cloud Riders are still around. So my question hmm. is, do we get an Emphis Nest at some point in the show? Oh. Like an adult Emphis Nest. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool and, and easy to do with the mask. You know, yeah. we need to see her face again. We'd already just sort of know um, now, which would be great. That would be wow. So how many years? Oh, um, not oh, too many, right? Forty? No, because it's ten. Because Solo is ten years before um, New, New Hope, Hope, right? And then there's what about six years between New Hope and that? So Whoa. it's about twenty years, twenty twenty-one years. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So she would be in her. 30s or 40s so she'd actually probably be in her prime yeah yeah interesting yeah, yeah. assuming yeah she lived there that's cool so, i hope yeah. she and i mean the cloud riders would fit right in with Absolutely. you know with these groups yeah there were a lot of other people in the background um there too um, definitely the the orange rodian was like center frame yes. for a lot of that yeah. um so we we're meant to um see him but um yeah so this is this is like an so this is kind of i guess the main plot line, right? You have the Mandalorian is a bounty hunter. This is, I mean, his agent is, um, grief and, um, and we see the mechanics of how this thing works and we get a sense of, you know, times are tough for about even bounty hunters. Um, you know, the, the economy's depressed and, yep. um, um, and he gets, so he's going after a big score and, yeah. uh, he relays him to sort of one of the off the books, um, yeah. situations. People want to pay for cut rate bounty hunting. No one wants to put up for the the gold standard. Is right. kind of what the thing is. Uh, we get our to, we get for me the set my second favorite thing in the entire episode. Uh, calamari and flan. Yes, yeah. flan. Yeah. The, the sound effect of of that of how gooey it is. Like I've that makes me so happy every time you listen. To it, every time you touch it, it just goes like you just hear it's like sound this every time they touch it. It's just so gross. It's amazing. Yeah. Totally cool. Um, and yet still more valuable than Republic yeah. credits. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we kind of catch on to the fact that there's there's a bounty hunting guild and that Grief Cargo is like a handler within that guild. Right, yeah. yeah. No one it's wants very to unionized, it. yeah. Right. So yeah, it's kind of a commentary yeah. on unions. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, uh, Carl Weathers is like the perfect casting for Grief Cargo. Yes. It is yeah. such an awesome character. It seems like it's also going to be a mentor figure as we go on with the series. Sure. Yeah, Favreau, I, I read something with him be, uh, before and talking about Carl Weathers. And he's like, I don't need to direct Carl Weathers at all. Like, he just <laughs> is that character. 
Yeah. Um, so it's great. Like he just does the thing. Um, and he's perfect, which is great. I've always loved Carl's we- Carl Weather, so it's just great to see him in this. Yeah, totally. It's uh, actually quite a thing. Like, I mean, to see real actors in like and common actors in Star Wars, it's you know, it's not something that's happened before. It's you know, they Lucas always intentionally picked the unknowns yeah. for these things, but um, I think Favreau's doing a really great job. I think so. With, I will always his character actors. Yeah, I think I was. I will always say Woody Harrelson in Solo is what is was kind of what broke through in this that we can put like normal known actors in Star Wars. Right. I remember when I heard he was going to be in it, I'm like, what? Why? What's going on? Right. <laughs> and and I and now I love him. I think it's great. But it took me a while because I was always like, no, you're not supposed to know who any of these people are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Samuel Jackson was the toughest one for me to that's get. That's true. Yeah. That's I, I always forget. That was the one I was like, <laughs> that was me. And yeah. it was like at the height of his power too. Yeah. It was like you know right around um, um, Pulp Fiction and you right. Know, was, he was in every movie, and it was just like, oh, I guess he's uh, he's in this too. But um, I'm a softie, so yeah, good to I mean, have. He you fit say. the role though. I mean, they did build a, build up his character as being like the baddest, toughest Jedi, you know. So yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, he was that guy. It wasn't just like an egregious casting, but as far as like star power, it was like, yeah, it was interesting. All right. Well, we leave this bar and then we get uh, exposed to my favorite thing in the entire uh, episode. Any guesses? This is like your what fourth I... favorite thing. No, no. The last one I said was my second favorite. Uh, <laughs> Aki and Mon- Monkey Lizard Barbecue? No, that's up there as oh, well. <laughs> That was the like I'm still sort of like weeping about that, that and I don't like Wacky and Monkey Lizards, yeah. even though my dog looks like one. Uh, <laughs> but does. like that was like there was like a crying Wacky and Monkey Lizard watching yeah. its loved one burn. That's a killer. Like if on you a just spit. had it on a spit, I'd be like, that's funny and fine. But then to cut to like the trapped one, like you're next. I'm just like, oh man, I know. That's dark. And, and like it's it not even like I thought it was like crying over the death of a loved one, and it was like you know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting seeing its fate. Yeah. And seeing its fate. Oh, that was, that was a little much. Was that? It was. No, I agree. Maybe it's when you get old, you get yeah. a little more like sympathetic, or whatever, but I was not okay. With it. And, and stuff happens in episode two with creatures getting destroyed. And I was clapping yes. and laughing. But like, but <laughs> right. like when you, when you have that scene, for some reason, that's too much, but like you disintegrated Jawa. Sorry. Spoiler alerts. I'm on board. Spoiler. Um, right. <laughs> sorry. And- and I mean, we've established in several episodes that Kwaki and Monkey Lizards are the most annoying creatures in the galaxy, yeah. but yeah. still, it was dark. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite thing was we get a gonk droid. We get a power droid. Oh, the droid, the gonk droid, yeah. I clapped on a plane, <laughs> very small plane, <laughs> cramped together with very big dudes, and I actively clapped for a second. Does right. it just sit in that hallway all day? Yes. Like, yeah. And it just walks you down, down the hallway gonk. and goes gonk, and it had like a couple other noises. I was like, oh. Yeah. It was such egregious fan service, and I just oh, yeah. loved it. <laughs> uh, but then we get around to the the scene with the stormtroopers that we kind of referenced already. But um, and with the client, I think is or, or yeah, yep, the client. And, uh, Herzog. Yeah, I oh. love how worn the um, the stormtrooper armor is. Yes, so yes. so worn. Yeah. It's awesome. And how they're standing, kind of the blocking of how they're they kind of look sickly almost. It was like yes. there's something to how their stature almost looks bent or kind it's, of uh, twisted. And they're very thin. Yeah. They're like yeah, yeah, they're like yeah, they're like skin and bones somehow. Like I don't know how you can do that with armor, but yeah, they feel there's a physicality to them that's like sort of like weak and emaciated and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. that's a really good observation because something seemed really off and I was kind of not 
figuring out what it was, but you're absolutely right. They they made them seem weak. Like they did something that made them look yeah. And even yeah. their voices, they they still came through as the kind of the stormtrooper like electric, but they were, they even their voices sounded weaker. Like it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like like, like feral dogs. Yeah. Like you know, like starved dogs or something. I mean, and there's always supposed to look sort of like a skeletons, right? But now they 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 look like skeletons with like some of the meat still on them, like. I don't know. They were. I think they were still pretty foreboding. I mean, when you went, yes. I mean, there was there was a reaction there that was like made them even more menacing, even than when you see them in like the clean lines of a star destroyer, um, you know, deck or something like that. There, you know, it was there was some menace to them. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Werner Herzog just chews the scenery. I mean, he's <laughs> oh. the greatest character in this first episode. Yes. Oh my the gosh! Things- I hung on every line. The things they get established actors to stay in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine them reading this and be like, okay, I have to say this. Fine. I know. I can't. I hope they have a behind the scenes of this because, like, them trying to explain to Werner Herzog what a parsec is. What is my line? Is it parsec? I heard you were the best bounty hunter in the parsec. In the parsec. Fob. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Make short work of this. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so great he's so great yeah um and then we have a really uh, the really cool wild card in that scene was the uh doctor yes gets thrown in there right. and i saw someone on the internet did some digging and he has a shoulder um patch that um is uh that belongs to the kaminoans yeah insignia, yeah uh, you know, well, that confirms exactly what i was thinking but we'll get there because um yeah, because I was like, the, he's the dark horse of this entire show. Like, because, you know, as much as Werner Herzog is the one who sends him or the client sends him on this, it's clearly, there's clearly something going on with the doctor and this, the asset, as they're referring to it, you know, yeah. clearly something experimental or medical or something. So that makes sense that it might revolve around the, you know, the Cam, Camon, you know, I can never say that word, but the Cam- Owens. Yeah. yeah. Right. And his, his outfit is quite clean in comparison. Yeah. Uh, the characters almost reminds me, you know, it's almost first order esque in its newness, and you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it definitely could be. And then, and so here, just in this one scene, we t- see like sort of two massive question marks. It's like, what is the empire? What is it now? Why are they still operating? And why are they operating here? And then again, yeah, who is this? Um, who is this doctor? And what what foul deeds are they up to? And the bounty that we're going after, this mysterious bounty. Like, who is this bounty? Yes. And what does it mean? Yeah. Why do they want it so bad? And why are they willing to give away Beskar, which seems to be a very, very valuable resource? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one yeah, one piece of it. And so then we go on to the next scene, right? The Beskar scene. Yep. Yeah, we go to yeah, we go to the Mandalorian Enclave. And this yeah. was the biggest surprise to me, me I think, too. this episode. Um yeah. I didn't know what we were going to see when we went in here. I, we still don't even know what planet this is, right? No, it's not on Wikipedia. The only two identified planets are uh, uh, Arvala 7, which is where we go next, and then the unidentified ice planet. All they say for locations is Mandalorian Enclave. They don't say even what planet that bar hmm. or the Mandalorian Enclave is on, which is interesting. It is interesting. Um, yeah, interesting. You really have to look around that that set too to see all these other mandalorians in the shadows there are so yes. many mandalorians in that sequence and they're yeah. all wearing helmets even the kids yeah even the kids wear helmets yeah yeah yeah, by. yeah, yeah. Um, um sounds a little yeah 
feels a little gross. Imagine having to wear a helmet all the time, even if one is cool like that. that. I had that thought in the second episode for some reason. I'm like, oof, yeah. I kind of um, bumped against it too, because when you do go back and watch Clone Wars, I mean, they they remove their helmets constantly. Like they're always removing their helmets, almost upon you know first meeting someone, they remove their helmet. And yeah, yeah. but this yeah. is not the Mando we Mandalore we know, right? Like I think right. I think we there's a lot of history between that things have gone so horrible for them because after the great great purge, is that what they referred to it as, or the great cleansing, something purge, like, yeah. Like they are just they I, they've changed. Like they they feel more like I don't want to say this uh, without getting too political, but they feel more like almost terrorist cells. Almost like they feel like they've just been you know pushed away into the into the corners, and they just are there. But it's they they're I think they're following an ethos. So this is Mandalorian, yes. the religion, and we hear that word actually in the second episode. Yeah, and then um, as opposed to Mandalore, the the planet. And um, or the, you know, governing body or, you know, things like that. I, I think that this is really it feels to me like a return to the core of what it means to be a Mandalorian. As yeah, I the, the opulence of the height of its, you know, but that's exactly what I was trying to say without. And I didn't know that's what I was trying to say. Right. It's not a society. It's a religion now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of the strict doctrine reminds me more of like the, the Mandalorians and the Tales of the Jedi comics. Yes. Right. Clone Wars and Rebels, because uh, in those comics, like the the leader of the Mandalorians was was entitled Mandalore, and he yeah. wore when he wore that helmet, he never took it off. And then when he died in battle, another uh, Mandalorian would take his helmet and put it on and never take it off. And it kind of that's what that's yeah. what I was feeling throughout watching this uh, the first episode. Yep. Um, so that was super cool. And then, of course, at the the center of this enclave is the Smith. Yeah. Uh, cool yeah. that they had a female uh, Smith. Yeah, super uh, cool. And um, and she had actually her helmet. I was wondering, you know, during the time when Maul ruled over Mandalore, which happened, um, there were people that had horns on their helmets, like mandalorians that wore horns on her helmet and she has horns right. in a similar pattern to malls on her helmet and um right i wonder if that's some vestige of of a time past or something um, of, of death watch or of when maul took over yeah when maul i mean maul right. ran the whole planet so you know you're not just death watch he was he was their their prime minister or whatever it was um so yeah, but yeah, he was at the forefront of Death Watch, and then and then they, as a group, took over Mandalore. But uh, but the visor looks really cool, and it's totally differentiated from the kind of classic Boba Fett visor we we know well. It's like it's kind of like a Greek, like fifth century BC, like Spartan Greek warrior, like hoplite kind of helmet. Yeah, it's got like larger eye spaces. Actually, um, what's her name from um, Rebels had the same yeah, Sabine. design. Sabine Wren, yeah. She had a similar design, and I don't know if yeah. it's supposed to be feminine or if it's like some sort of you know tribal like you know mm-hmm. accent. Like they have they have the sight, so they have like larger eye visors or something. Well, or they are like the like Spartan tattoo galaxy, so it's kind of yeah, it's fitting that this design would be out there amongst their right. other tribes. And then yeah. there's that really dangling question: Has your signet been revealed? Yes. What does that um, mean? Oh, I love lore. It's this show is amazing with the lore stuff because I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's Boba Fett had logos all over him, right? So yeah. he had the Mythosaur, um, yeah. you know, signet on his arm. Um, 
And then he had, um, it looks like a green leaf on his chest, which I think is his tribe. Um, so I think that's what they're referring to. And, yeah, I think know. so too. Yeah. She which does also mention he was a, like a foundling. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the word, which I yeah. think means like you were, you know, you were an orphan and you were adopted into Mandalore as opposed to maybe someone who was born. So yeah. he might have a series of trials that he needs to, um, to accomplish to be full Mandalore. Right. Um, and what does he say in, uh, in response to when she asked that? Uh, um, no, not yet. No, no, yet. no. Oh yeah. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. The, the foundling line was real clunky, but the not yet thing, it was like, yeah. she said something about, there's something about foundlings. I was a foundling. I yeah. know. I'm like, oof. All right. Yeah. That and felt a little expedition. felt a little, too long yeah. like it just kind of went on and on and I, I got the i could have seen just one you know three frames of an explosion yes. a woman carrying a child and a child being locked away and that's all i needed it kind right. of knowing that it'll be revealed Drawing right up. like it's yeah um by the way the mythosaur since it's been mentioned it's gonna get mentioned again um this is the first new canon mention of mythosaur yeah right. and there's a yeah, new so, skull design of the mythosaur above yeah forge or the threshold to the forge it's yeah. uh it's not does its teeth aren't as long it's not so exaggerated and cartoonish looking like the kind of logos of the past that we've seen yeah, yeah. a but little bit definitely... more anatomically like you know acceptable <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? like, yeah feels like it makes sense in a way yeah but when yeah and they have it's this beautiful like silver one above the door or whatever and as soon as i saw that i was like i audibly <laughs> exclaimed and my wife is like i'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like don't worry about it. It's awesome. Uh, a hood ornament. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and suddenly, hundreds of thousands of tattoos are validated. So right. <laughs> yeah. Then everyone's everyone loves it when things get recanonized. Um, yeah. I I love. And it's probably just the video gamer in me, but I love the idea that he got like one piece of armor, and that they're gonna slowly, hopefully, build his armor. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. I just oh. Dude, this so really great. felt like a, I'm glad you brought up video games because this yeah. first episode felt like a video game to me. In that when he yeah. first Herzog, when Herzog's like, "Well, you can bring the bounty, the the bounty back dead." Yeah, uh, being pragmatic, and the scientist is like, you know, bumps up against that. And he's like, "No, like, like, no, we need it alive," or blah blah. blah. And it's like you're getting those two kind of, you're getting that moral. Yeah, kind of, kind of yeah. you got some fun side missions going on too. Yeah, you get some side missions. You go get an armor piece. You go to yeah. a level it was like it was you know, like, how to write a blurg it's great yeah it's fun yeah oh yeah yeah it was it was like watching a video game and i loved every second of it me too so crazy yeah um great shoulder pauldron also speaking of armor definitely shore trooper armor on the on the gloved hand um and on the the old piece of uh pauldron was mm. uh, it was shore trooper so that's pretty cool i wonder if we're gonna get any story any backstory about that Oh, I bet. I'm sure we will. Yeah. If I meet John Favreau in the future, I'm going to ask him how he dealt with reflections because I feel like there are so many reflections in the helmet. How do you scrub away the crew and, like, you know, really, you know, digitally scrub away any kind of camera or prop or anything? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, man. Um, cool. uh, then we're on to our, our next planets, uh, our Vala 7. Yeah. Um, another fascinating planet um and now we meet some beasties which is pretty fun too yep yep, yep. yep. uh first, first uh appeared in the uh the ewoks 
film for yeah. Battlefront Four. Yeah. They yeah. are now, yeah, they're, they are and found. the Caravan at, of Courage. Yeah. Yeah, right. They're native to both uh, Endor or Endor and, or the moon of Endor, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. That's the whole weird thing. Uh, and uh, Ryloth, Ryloth, right? I think. Ryloth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely Ryloth. And then, um, yeah, and apparently Avalor 7 or whatever. Yeah. Or, or Bala 7. So, yeah, here they are. That was another thing that's a little confusing to me where, yeah. There's a couple of species that I was like, I know these are on Tatooine, but I guess they're here too. So, okay. Well, like, you know, it's it's like horses, right? Horses are not native to the right. United States or the, to the Americas, but people brought them with them and now they are, right? Like, that's what I always assume with these things. They got they got brought and then became an invasive species. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So he's saved by a new character named Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cool quill right yeah well no no it's nick nolte um also i'm so happy my dreams came true and they're even better than i could have expected like the second the rumor yeah. hit that nick nolte was gonna play a knot i'm like that can't happen that yeah. life is never that good that's too good <laughs> it yeah. is that good you and deserve boy, this adam did we get it and i have spoken oh. yeah and, and speaking of westerns and nick nolte like i just saw him in uh the ballad of buster scruggs that, that mm-hmm. on netflix and he was great in that he was superb yeah in that he is even better in the mandalorian like it's yeah. hard to say that but he is so good in this in this and when i, I said Werner's the best character of the show i i i think he's tied neck and neck with quill with nick nolte's character like this this is this is probably the best mentor character we've had since yoda in the empire strikes back like yeah i love maz kanata i, I adore maz yeah. but she's never really given the screen time to be a mentor right. yeah, That's you know? the difference. yeah yeah that's the difference. If she was, I and hopefully in Tross could get that. But um I would have to I would have to rate Quill, you know, right under Yoda, Empire Strikes Back as being well, the greatest mentor. And they do such a clean job with this character that I feel like after even after episode one, but especially after both episodes, you just know who he is. You know what I mean? Like you get his core. Like we don't know his story, but we understand his motivations and, and his and his like his ethical core. It's just really interesting. Yeah. He's a very ethical being. Yeah. And um, yeah, has, he's a man with an ethos. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's a lot of like fulfillment of like, you know, monomyth archetypes in the show and that he he, pers- he provides mm. a different philosophy and perspective for the hero. And it's just like, it, it's, it's just perfect. Like the show handles all these archetypes in such a beautiful way and uh, definitely feels mythological like at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Nolte is an awesome fairy godmother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you want to now talk about the kind of the maybe the one thing that I uh, kind of bumped up against? Sure. The blurg stuff. Um, I thought the blurgs are awesome. Um, the training to ride a blurg because it's the only way to get somewhere, but then not show us why it's the only way to get somewhere. Did you see, not see them leaping cabin cab, yeah, uh, chasms? I, I sure did. I sure did. That were about three feet wide. Like I watched, I've seen it five times. You like the fact that you couldn't do it with a speeder. My point is, it felt a little clunky. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't. It didn't like. I hate this. It's not like I was. I hate this thing. It was kind of like that. Felt a little TV showy to me. Like a little um, like we want this fun I, thing. I bumped up against uh, Quill labeling the 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 um the blurg a foal because I thought a, the foal was like an equestrian, like a horse type term. Right, yeah. Like, like, like reptiles, right? <laughs> it was kind of bizarre. I was like, "All right, this is definitely a western." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a female mount, but yeah, he used that for it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. 
I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Um, That's fine. Quill has spoken, and you need to write the mounts. <laughs> no, what else dialogue, do you need to know? I thought the dialogue was incredible. Yes, I know. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like I watch it and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, this sucks." It's just like, I like this the third or fourth time you watch it, and I'm just like. Yeah, that, right. no, that's not true. Like, you could have yeah. absolutely used a speeder, which, again, might be kind of Quill's little thing, right? His little, like, yeah. he maybe realized that teaching him how to ride this is more of a lesson. He needs this before he goes on to his quest. Right, right. Or he just, you know what? He's got short legs, and he just didn't want it's to true. walk. He, could he needed to ride one, so we're all riding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or there were just weren't any speeders. <laughs> Like, that's that's also true. I yeah. kept looking around the farmstead. I was like, there aren't any. Like, yeah, you have any could, anything. Yeah. But you know what? He could have literally just said that, and I probably would have been fine. If he's like, we don't have any. This is our only option. <laughs> yeah. Done. Adam, so- he has spoken. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we can move on. <laughs> then we get to a really fun sequence, right? We get to the um, we get to the Nikto mercenary com- uh, compound. That's right. They're they're definitely Nyctos. There's no, some that's what uh, Wikipedia is saying. There's some other okay. stuff in there, but there's two species of Nyctos running around. Yeah, okay, like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Niku's oh. dad is on like the minigun. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Um yeah, IG eleven though. Like oh, and yeah. outperformance awesome. by Taike. Like I loved it. I this was probably the thing I was a little trepidatious about because I loved Taika Waititi and I loved his his acting in Ragnarok, but I was a little worried that we it was going to get too much like that character. You know what I mean? Like too yeah. kind of whatever. But he it was subtle. It was funny and he was hilarious, but it was it was subtle. And that self destruct gag, oh, I could have had that bit. going on all day. I was so, <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, oh, so great. Um, yeah, and I couldn't really tell it was Taika. There's the droid no. vocoder kind of disguises that, and uh, it just sounded like another droid. And it sounded it yeah. very seamlessly. It felt seamless. It felt like it was in galaxy. It felt great. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the animation, how that droid moves, was fascinating. It yeah. seems like you know it's such an efficient you know uh, yeah kill, killing machine, but it also has that kind of like clunky Harryhausen kind of early animation movement to it. It's kind of yeah. like. Yeah, it's, it's really like it's janky, but super yeah. efficient. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, all right. How much of it's practical? Like if it when it's shot from the waist up, is it practical or is it still CGI? Because it looks very practical when it's like leaning against things and moving. Like yeah. I almost feel like there's someone there with the remote control. Moving CG. Um, yeah, and it's stationary. I think at the very end when they're looking at the the, the spoiler alert, uh, the, the thing they find, the bounty they find, I think I think it's practical in that last shot. Yeah. I think so too. It, it's really good. It is seamless. The fact that they can't figure out when it's practical and when it's CGI is is really good. And and I I too love the movement. It's what we ex- always expected out of IG eighty eight, right? Like this three hundred and sixty yeah. destruction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I think when it's moving, it's CG. Yeah. Uh, and like Definitely shooting and stuff. Funny. But anytime it's delivering lines, I think it's you know yeah. you know they just you just have servos with all the eyes moving around, which is so cool. Yeah. And um, yeah. And they can move up and down, too, which is, again, they did some great just emoting with his face. And yeah, yeah. just the yeah. two of them looking at the cannon. Yeah. When they open the door. Yeah. <laughs> also, not to jump too far ahead, but it's a good thing that the asset wasn't directly behind that door. Right. Because <laughs> there was just like blaster fire coming straight through. Right. When they were opening the door. I'm like, OK. You know, the you don't really know how they cut that door open either, right? It's, it might, must be a device of some kind. No, they use the uh, they use the cannon. They use, they use the cannon. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was yeah. 
breaching, breaching charge type thing. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, no, yeah, that was that was the gag. Yeah. They're like, how are we going to get through that blast door? And then they both in unison turn towards the uh, towards the cannon, the yeah. e-web on a hovercraft. Yeah. Um, what a great hero moment! Like that moment when he jumps on that on on the eleven and just yeah. starts everyone. It was so well done. Like again, I almost started clapping in my airplane seat because it was just <laughs> a great little like, yeah. Um, All right, so should we spoil it? All right, spoiler wall. <laughs> right. So, yeah, this is what it's all about. I mean, I, I guess I, I was most surprised by the Mandalorian enclave, but um, <laughs> definitely didn't see this coming. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's a kid. Uh, yep. It technically is a kid. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> but no, yeah. it's true. Like, I, I saw so many things coming. I saw so many possibilities. Everything that happened before it, I could see happening. Does that make sense? Like, nothing was like, I can't believe they're doing this. And then when that... When they did the behind the head shot and you know exactly what it was, I just was like, this is not happening. Like, how <laughs> could this be happening? And not in a bad way, but just in the yeah. shot, completely shot. Yeah. Really, really interesting um, plot device. And, you know, we had talked before, like, are we going to see the force in this or are we going to yeah. see, you know, any sort yeah. of Jedi? And then here's this Yoda like infant. Um, I'm calling it. Here's our, here's our clone of Yoda. Here's a Yoda clone. Ooh, so you think he's actually a clone? Yeah, I do. I think he's a Yoda clone. Huh. I think that's what they're going because it's either that or Yoda species are all four sense. It's just weird that we now have three Yoda. We've only seen three Yoda species, and they're all four sensitive. Yeah, possibly. and they and I mean, and they're conspicuously not um, listed in the creatures. Like no one knows what kind of yeah. creature Yoda yeah. is. It always just um, says Yoda species whenever you click right. on it. Yeah, Yaddle, Yaddle is canon, right? Yeah, Yaddle is canon, and Yaddle is part of Yoda species. So they're Yaddles and Yodas. Yeah, and we don't really know what befell Yaddle, um, but uh, yeah, but this is the species, and I mean, I'm more on the team that says yes, this species, maybe these species are actually, you know, born by the Force. Or All Force like, sensitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like maybe they don't have parents; they're just like. Yeah. Actually, it'd be interesting if this is like Yaddle's kid. That'd be sort of cool. Yeah, maybe it's Yaddle and Yoda's kid. I mean, I don't know who else it is. Maybe it's, yeah, Yaddle and We haven't seen Mace any other, Windu. so if you're going to have a mate, those are kind of your only two options. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't is, know. If it is a clone of Yoda, it was created 50 years ago. Yeah, if that's yeah. true. Oh, right. that's a good point. That's true. And, 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 and uh, I mean, they, they are divulging some lore about this species and how it ages in this episode, which I always thought was a cardinal sin because Yoda yeah. is a kind of the sublime unknown, and the more you kind of demystify that, it kind of goes against the core, you know, the core tenet of what that character was created for in the first place and, you know, how effective Vampire Strikes Back is and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's odd. And how, like, how fast did the clones age? Because we have also that issue surrounding right. cloning technology, right. right? You can do, you can do advanced aging. Yeah, it was like so, a factor of eight, I think. Right. So it could have, so it could have been born uh, six years ago. Six times eight is 48. Right. If you're aging it every eight years. But then it's just like, great. So. So behind the scenes, Grant and I were texting about this, and Ben hadn't seen it yet. And he's like, "Stop texting!" So Grant and I started texting individually. <laughs> yeah. And and literally, I was getting on the plane, and I, I I was doing the math, and Grant goes, "Have you done the math?" And I'm like, "I'm trying. I'm trying to divide 900 <laughs> by 50 real quick." And we're like, "He's 18. That would mean Yoda was 18 when he died." <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I entirely disagree with your math. Well, yes, and then yeah. well, that no, that math is that's just math. Like that's how that math works, but. But the question is, and I think, Ben, you kind of had the best answer, is like, Grant and I are thinking people age, or Yoda's, I'm just going to call them Yoda's, because what else are you going to call them? Yoda's age, literally, and 
Ben, what was your response via text? Uh, well, the, I think they age logarithmically. I mean, yeah. a year is still a year. It's these aren't this isn't dog years. So it's like, OK, 50 years in, he's still you're you're saying he's let's call him a one year old. Yeah. Know, right. And so that's where you get 18 because he lived 900. So right. 50 times 18 is 900. Right. Right. But I mean, it, maybe he just spends it, I mean, I I don't have the, the quote in front of me, no. but actually IG 11 explains it's like some yeah. species species age, age differently. It age differently. Yeah. Period. End of the thing. And so it's like maybe they spend the first 50 years as an infant. But then as soon as they hit, you know, after you become an adolescent or you become sort of self-conscious or aware or like, you know, yeah. whatever, then you're just there. And it's yeah. like, then you spend, so maybe it's going to take another 50 years for them to become like an adolescent or an adult even. Right. Um, but then it's just, you're going to have, you know, 800 years as an, as an adult. And here's the other thing I'll say. The only person we have to trust who told us he's 50 is Werner Herzog. And I don't trust that man at all. Right. Or the scientist. Like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I thought this was kind of novel. I, I, I first I bumped up against it at first. Obviously, I was overwhelmed with cuteness and thought it was <laughs> super. I was I was thought it was great. I thought it was you know such an achievement. Uh, definitely some tears. Uh, oh, yeah, but then sure. I then I kind of as I contemplated it, I was kind of like, oh, what's the point of doing this and what's this going to lead to? And I I actually think it's pretty novel because you know we know Yoda says in in the prequels like truly wonderful the mind of a child is and there's. Obviously, he teaches a lot of younglings, but this is kind of a payoff to that, and it really kind yeah. of out of the box way. Yeah. I feel like it's it's really interesting to see. Oh, what was how wonderful was Yoda's mind when he was a child? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what right? Was that like, you know, like, like that's that's kind of what I, I got to, and I was kind of like, oh, this is this kind of feels perfect or, or faded. It kind of aligns with what we've seen before, and so. I'm so bravo to Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau. I was yeah, I, I went through a journey over these five yeah. episodes, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was 100 on board. Then I was a little like, what? And now I'm fully back on board. You, you guys are like afraid to like Star Wars. I don't understand no. it. No, actually, actually I'm here to like things. Like it's more effort for me not to like something. Like I it's, rather like something. It's yeah, for me to like something. And I really like it. And I and I will talk about the next episode. I I was on am on and will be on board for the next episode but it was more that like I, I, it threw me a little bit right like yoda was always somewhat sacred to us yeah and like That's we were supposed to reveal mysteries but i feel like you know what i still think we're gonna get through this this show without many mysteries actually revealed because i think that's where the cloning comes in right because it's just a clone of a species it doesn't tell us anything about the species really or a clone mm -hmm. of an individual so well yeah see. we'll see yeah. what we do i mean i do think this is sort of yeah in the galaxy what do you, I'm sorry, I, st I sorry. I said it does say something about the state of cloning in the galaxy. Six yeah. years of the Jedi. I wonder if we're hinting towards something right. that may be happening in thirty something days. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this was this creature was cloned, or maybe they want to clone it. Yeah. True. Uh, Either it, or. It hasn't yeah. been done yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. If if he isn't, that was a camp known patch, and you know, there there's some yeah. new dastardly stuff afoot, but um. Um, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised also that that they chose to to do this because, like you said, this is sort of taking a massive mystery out of all the ways that they could have had this, you know, force sensitive character or some character that you know is adjoined to the former um, Jedi. This is a really interesting move and a really powerful one. And I'm I'm surprised that I'm sure you know George Lucas had to have say in this too. It wasn't just baloney. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure they had to consult with him and he had to give his blessing on it. So, um, 
Yeah, interesting. Really it's cool. Also the, the physical embodiment of hope in the series. Yes. Uh, because the galaxy is so bleak uh, after this, this stage of disarray that it's like this is this is kind of the upturn at this point. We're finally meeting this kind of hopeful being that's going to drive the light and the, 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 the light side of the, the, the series. So I thought that was yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, great you know what? For the, the shoulder for the Mandalorian shoulder. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I wonder, I was just thinking, I mean, this character should be alive for the rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah. Depending on lots of things, but yeah, but, if, or, it's, if, know, ages if it survives and it survives and yeah, it should still be around for age of, yeah. Right. But if it spends, you know, if, if you're right about the aging, and you know it's it has the mind of a two year old when it's a hundred then um or a human two year old you know then yeah, it probably wouldn't be much help but uh right. yeah yeah, that's a lot of math I can't currently do in my head, so yeah <laughs> after this reveal, I did think to myself anything can happen, and watching and now when I watched episode two, I was like, you know Luke Skywalker is out there somewhere, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't mind if he gallivants through at some point. There, yeah, I, I guess that I, Grant, that's a great point. Like it, it did. Like and 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 the thing that I kind of like, I, I love about exactly what you said was just like, like like you said, anything's possible. Like the fact that there's there's a Yoda in Episode <laughs> One. Like who would have ever guessed? Like there's no way the Internet Hive Mind, which is really good at guessing things, there's no one. I guarantee you there's no one on any message board anywhere on the internet said there's going to be a baby Yoda in this thing. No yeah. one said that. No one said that. Because it's a sacred character, and for, for all the yeah. reasons we talked about, yeah. 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 But I'm like, you know what? Great. Do it. You, you can still wow me and amaze me, and this is from someone who watches, and who, who hosts a, car, a Star Wars podcast weekly and reads everything ever put right. out. And I still was, like, blown away and shocked and surprised. Right. We didn't get anywhere close to this. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about the second episode. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, All right. So this came out while recording about six hours ago. So yeah. If you right. haven't so, seen it, jump off now and listen, you know, pause and watch it and come back and listen. Yeah. And uh, or fast forward over. We will we are going to cover. Um, well, I'm sure we'll spend some more time on. Uh, oh, on uh, Fallen Order as well. But um, yes. we are going to talk about that at the end. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so now he had, I, I love that this is like all in real time, by the way. It's yeah. not just like, okay, and then he's back. Like, no, he's, you know, he has um, his prize and now he has to make it back uh, to his ship um, yep. somehow without the use of a blurg. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Ever- I wonder how he did that. I thought it was impossible. Um, <laughs> I love how he like hardwired. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was just, yeah, it was just yeah. an okay being It's like, impossible you know. for an Ugnaught who would just think from an Ugnaught's perspective, right? Yeah, so. it's like, yeah, how could you even walk that far when your legs are a foot long? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, the Mandalorian hardwires in the floating bassinet to his, like, wrist, <laughs> like, yep. controller, which I think is the coolest thing ever. He just, like, hacks into it, and he's like, now I control a bassinet, like, it's an invisible leash. Yeah. I love that tech. They're just like, oh, yeah, we just we invented this tech. It's a thing. Yeah, awesome. and it totally works. Totally makes sense. The other thing, too, is I mentioned this this title. We actually get a title for this episode, right? Because the last yeah. episode, oh. was just it was just chapter one. And this one's chapter two, The Child. So yeah. it's interesting. I was not expecting chapter or titles for the shows. I thought it was going to be chapters. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. 
very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a lot of great visuals of him walking across the uh, landscape and like the yeah. silhouette of the Mandalorian and then this like orb hovering next to him. It's pretty neat. It's funny. I feel like there's so many of these of these photos were taken for the promotional stuff and they just like wiped out the orb, right? Because the orb was not present yeah. in any of those photos. Right. right. The... Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if the first episode was good, good, the bad, and the ugly, this is definitely Lone Wolf and Cub, like show. Yeah. Things. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Um, that campfire scene, I think it, uh, that's that's quite early in the episode, right? Where these yeah. men in armor. Yeah. Yeah. So just just so everyone knows, I only saw this once at 5 a.m. this morning. Um, I have I have lots of ideas, but I didn't take notes because I don't like to note do notes the first time I watch. I like to just watch. Yeah. So I, I think we're probably not going to go as closely scene by scene. Right. Yeah. We'll try as yeah. close as we can. But I think it's fresh. Uh, for all yeah, we'll just run through it. Uh, it's 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 kind of a holdover episode anyway. It's kind of a breakdown episode where it's basically a campfire episode where you yeah. know, there's a, sh- a ship is broken down. Lots of kind of campfire scenes. I mean, yeah. it's Mad Max Fury Road, right? You go, you go one direction and then you come back. Right. Yep. <laughs> right. So he's, yeah, so he's mending himself and we're starting to see the, the infant Yoda or the infant being um, trying to, trying to do something, right? But it's, you're sort of like, is he trying to heal him? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Like, yeah. It looks kind of, ob- and it's like, again, really good sight gags and very Clint Eastwood where he just keeps putting you know the the yoda back in um <laughs> into the bassinet and like yeah. yeah if you thought this thing was cute in a bassinet like oh, when man. it's walked oh. around out of the bassinet it, it'll just melt your brain you just need to use this for a psychopath test right this should be the new psychopath test if people yeah. don't have feelings when this happens they're a psychopath right yeah totally um so yeah that's pretty cool and then but so he gets back and he finds his, uh, the poor um, Razor Crest has been completely stripped by none other than Jawas, um, complete with massive mining um, sand crawler yes. uh, on this planet. Um, oh. And so it was a little something familiar for all of us original trilogy fans. Um, and they, it was awesome. It's like, it be, <sighs> Ever, if if you read um, from a certain point of view and you love the chapter about the Jawas in the Sandcrawler, yeah. you will love this thing because you just you, you get a sense of this. Like he refers to it as a rolling fortress. Yes. Um, and if you've ever played uh, Super Star Wars for the Super Nintendo, you will love this episode because literally there's a there's a there's a uh, chat there's a uh, level where you're just Luke Skywalker trying to climb up a Sandcrawler. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this was what a great fight scene that was. Oh. Uh, I, uh, it was like a stagecoach kind of scene, right? Yes, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it exactly. And it was so funny and so action packed. And when he is like, before he starts chasing after Sandcrawler, he's just disintegrating Jawas. So, <laughs> yeah. is this the psychopath test? Because <laughs> I was that was supposed to be funny, right? Because I thought that was hilarious. Like, I was laughing. And maybe yeah. it was because it was 5 a.m. and I was tired, but I just thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like, worried just... about you because I thought you had an affinity for Jawas and I thought you'd be. <laughs> oh, no, I love them, but they're they're scavengers and just watching like them disappear and they're like and they're and their cloaks just going flying up in the air. was like, <laughs> oh. yeah, we got more of um, we of an idea about what that uh, melee weapon that he carries does. Um, yeah. So it is a melee weapon. And he remember he was uh, jumped by a. Um, uh, Learned. no, um, a, another bounty hunter who is a Trandoshan. Oh, uh, right. 
on the way back, we sort of skipped over that. And and that was yeah. teased too. When he's having yeah. conversations with um, grief, there are people sort of like looking and making notes yeah. um, in the background of that bar um, of that. They, yeah. so he and was they trying. Had, they had a fob too, right? Like, so that's yeah. what we find out is that there's, it's not just IG 11. Like it's just going to be, Oh, is this how we're going to get Zessix and, uh, and a Forlom at some point that they have a, <laughs> a fob too? Please let it be. So, well, so the fob is like, that. that's a tracker. So yeah, because I think, because didn't IG eleven had a fob? But I mean, the fob is supposed to point you towards the your mark, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, yeah. so there's someone else on a mark with this. They, I mean, it makes sense. They would hire a bunch of people to try and find this. So, yeah, uh, yeah. However, it worked. Um, I wonder if we'll see Sidani Thano in this show. That Ooh. seems like a plausible appearance. Who's that? The Red Buccaneer. Uh, oh Sidani. yeah, he's in Force Awakens for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the uh, Crimson. Korovar? Is that one? No. Yeah. He's a yeah. Maz's castle. He has like five names, right? Yeah, the Red yeah. Corsair. Yeah, the Red yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, he would be cool. I would I'm I'm all for anything. I mean, I love seeing Trandoshans and Rodians and yep. you know Corin, but like those are all, you know, the main ones. But I like it when they they mix it up and they add in some new new species and new characters. Oh. Um, yeah, you know what? We skipped over last episode, the death of IG eleven. But like he's clearly not dead, right? Like we're gonna get right. more IG eleven. Like it's just gonna download and he's just gonna keep popping up, right? Yeah. I think show. so. And um or maybe we'll get his cousin IG eighty eight. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> um but uh yeah, we'll see the, how that goes. So, anyways, we we get a sense of this his melee weapon is also it sort of loads like a shotgun. Um but yeah, as disintegr- yeah. it's like a disintegrating sh- sniper rifle. Um and yeah, so he ended up disintegrating that Trandoshan and then just starts <laughs> opening fire and just like, even though there's like a hundred, you know, uh, Jawas down there and his machine's already stripped. I mean, he, it tend, I don't know what he thought he was going to do. I guess he thought he was going to just like kill every Jawa in that ship sure. and take pieces of Like he, right. he had that totally like, oh, I can take these guys. And he, he pulls one out of a window and throws them out the window. Yeah. Which is to me another scene where I'm like, this should probably be dark, but I laughed. Like yeah. they stuck with the scene. Like they, you, they shot. They watched you. They, you watched the Jawa go all the way down and hit the ground. Like I thought they were gonna cut away before he went flat on the ground, but nope, yeah. nope. <laughs> um, yeah, Jawa's dude, awesome. And then yeah, but ultimately he gets his butt kicked. And actually, like when he gets yes. to the top and he's at the top, and there's sixteen <laughs> waiting with like blasters <laughs> drawn. Yeah, such yeah. a good bit. Yeah, such good. a good, good. bit. Um, so reminiscent. I love when he's climbing up the crawler and he looks back to see Yoda or baby Yoda in the bass fat just floating yes. along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, he's still there. Yeah. Yeah. They had to establish that. But yeah, he was like detached and Yoda's just like, and like... <laughs> yeah, just too cute. This episode way too cute. Oh, too cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, that was part of the, yeah, the, the levity of this thing too was just seeing that little face um, and just being taking it all in. Um, so yeah, like, Mandalorian was like the tallest character in this episode. There's oh, yeah. like oh, so many little Jawas. Like, and, like, yeah, like, he, was a, he was twice as tall as everyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, defeated, he goes back to his stripped ship, um, dubs it Fubar, um, yeah. and then uh, sort of heads back to find um, Quinn or Quill and um, see yeah and let him know all hope is lost and quill uh tells him that they they can barter with these guys so yeah these guys these jawas you can uh, always barter with jawas yeah yeah there's really only one way to go no. and 
more humor. I mean, like this oh, is so funny. It's just so funny, man. Like the thing that just like the way they're just like animals and they're just, you know, and he uses the, um, the, the flamethrower flame on them. In yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, he's like, Oh really? He's like, how to say that to my flamethrower. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and we actually get a lot more Java Java E's, right? And we actually get yeah. translation. Like we've never seen that before in any of the stuff. We only yeah. get three PO translating for us, and we even get the Mando speaking. I know to... he knows a little, and they make fun of him about how bad his Java E's is. Oh, great! You also get to hear a Jawa say the word Wookie, which yeah. might be my favorite thing in the episode. <laughs> yeah, so great! Oh man, yeah, that was incredible. Like a like a Wookie. <laughs> oh man yeah um good times so they uh yeah so ultimately the the bet is made for um oh he needs to go get the egg and they're like the okay. egg. yeah and they start chanting the egg the egg and <laughs> it's so great yeah they seem like a really like how like they're it's like lord of the flies but more organized yeah. uh and yeah yeah just but pretty hedonistic craziness um with big mechanical rolling fortress toys um, yeah. which is great another great bit is uh the mandalorian in the cockpit of the of the rolling fortress <laughs> oh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and he like hits his head and like he can barely fit in there his like knees are near his ears yeah um that's a good bit that's a really good bit <laughs> yeah and like again the character is the character right like it's it's he's the comic relief because he's just the ultimate straight man right like yeah. this whole thing like he has no sense of humor but he's just and he's just frustrated and annoyed by everything. <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. His whole thing is just like, can I just get my, you know. Yes. Just let yeah. me do my job. Right. And, and he did the hard part already. He just needs to fly home. But like, no, there's, you know, the galaxies and, and the force is conspiring to keep him where he is. So, uh, yeah. So he goes to find this egg from under this massive horned mammoth creature. Yeah. Called um, a mud horn. That's they're called mud horn. Mud horn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And gets his butt kicked mm -hmm. um, by said creature, as so many have before him. Um, and then we we see uh, the Yoda, small Y, um, use the force uh, to save him. Yeah. This was shocking because it's it's funny. I knew I like after episode one, I'm like, okay, there's a, there's a Yoda in here. Right. Um, I was still, I don't know why. I guess I'm just a Star Wars dummy. I did not expect him to pull the Force card. I really wasn't expecting it until earlier when he was trying to maybe heal him. And I'm like, well, maybe that's they're trying to get something like that. But the second he started yeah. lifting the mud form up, I'm like, oh, wow, this is fully Force. Like we are dealing, we are in yeah. the Force in this episode, in the show, which I was not expecting at all. Yeah. Episode two. Yeah. Right. It's right there. Uh, yeah. I, was, I thought it was a little too overpowered. Uh, a little like, bit. Yeah. Too overpowered for me. But, but he does, there's some recoil to it. He does. They get weakened by doing that, I think, yeah. after for days. Sleeps yeah. for days. Yeah. Basically, yeah. basically needs that that uh, uh needs that outlet. But um I thought that was a kind of gruesome scene when he lifts the the mud horn up and Mandalorian yeah. find a chance to to stab it in the jugular. And I was like, Oh, this is a pretty gruesome moment here. Like yeah. I've never seen the force used in this manner where the, Yeah. I always I always thought usually Jedi's quell the the creature and it it uh it relinquishes whatever its nest or whatever you know i don't know but like i mean that's kind of a scary thought right so we were talking about this just like abstractly but you know yoda was found we assume and and raised by the jedis to be a jedi what if yoda was found by a mandalorian uh, a mandalorian right like right. yeah 
Well, yeah. in Lone Wolf and Cub, the the child becomes an assassin, like a murderer, like a killer. Yeah. He yeah, has yeah. all friends in his little his little cart and his, you know. It's, yeah, so yeah, if 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 they're going the way of Lone Wolf and Cub, like that that little child is gonna become a, a kind of killing machine. Yeah, and I mean they they did like when he was disintegrating Jawas, when the Mandalorian was distorting disintegrating Jawas, they kept <laughs> flashing back to the Yoda's face, sort of yeah. like watching just like taking it all in. Yeah. And watching him kill. And um I think they did the same thing with the Trandoshan. And and you do feel bad for the beast. I mean, he wasn't trying to kill the beast. He was just trying to save his friend. I mean, it's an infant, so yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it it I mean, I really feel it. It's dark. Like it's it it's is. Really dark yeah. for Star yeah. Wars. I mean, but it's it's real life in the galaxy and it's I think it's painting a more accurate picture of what the galaxy really really would be like. And the yeah. way life is in a lot of ways too. You know, if this is how you're going to live, you know, where it's us or them, um me or you, then um you know you you kill the monster but uh and it, i mean this is the way it was in in all of all mythology too yeah uh, but i mean that's it, it, it's what works right like it, it feels like a spiritual successor in some ways to rogue one right like it still feels like star wars but it is true to this side of the galaxy where there's a lot of darkness yeah yeah so um but yeah he's able to kill the monster <laughs> bring the egg back <laughs> To our um, the, in the episode, yeah, it's so bring good. the egg back and they just devour it. They just eat it like it's essentially a hairy Cadbury cream egg, the yeah. size of you know, like um, I don't know, a TV or a I don't like, know. It's almost a Jawa. It's like almost the size, the size of a Jawa, and yeah. they just like they just eat it. And yeah, it's like it's Shop disgusting, it and they're so open. happy. Yeah, and the Mando, I assume, rolls his eyes and walks away. He's just like, it okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah, gets yeah. all his stuff back and um yeah. And Quill helps him rebuild the uh Razor Crest, which is uh really cool. Um yeah. and, and another great montage. So good. And we get some some lesson moments and some teaching moments, and then he basically asks Quill to come with him. And I thought I thought yeah. they might say yes, and he says no, which makes more sense to the character. The character should yeah. say no. But I, I was kind of interesting. I'm like, are we gonna see Quill again or is this it? Like I, I'm wondering about the show if some of these these starring people might jump off for a while. Like we might not see yeah. him till next Maybe season. season two or it's yeah. like, he'll be like a Maz character for Han where it's like, when you need him, you'll go get him. I mean, it's interesting that Quill knows the legacy of Mandalore. So right. maybe they'll need him for some information. Maybe he's seen uh, Mandalorians on other planets or I don't know. It'll be interesting um, to see going forward, how that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah performance was superb by nick Nolte, oh, so i mean so good. for him i think i'm totally fine with it I yeah it yeah super good yeah. No, it's it that character did exactly what the character needed i'd love to see more but i'm also completely satiated if that's it like if, if that's yeah. all we get and like i don't i don't know how to say this without whatever but like i love nick nolte and i love that we can understand what nick, what nick nolte is saying because in yeah. some of his more recent appearances like that's literally yeah. what he sounds like and i don't i'm not yeah. trying to be mean but like you i remember watching him in the show luck which is a really good show yeah. i had to watch this character with the with the um with closed captioning on i could not understand what he was saying and so <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and and i feel like that's an affectation yeah and, which works for the characters like that character in luck should have talked like that but like i was so glad because i was a little nervous we'd get a dung knot that i can't understand <laughs> right now no they did it great and I love how this show is just like star hopping and going back and forth, mm-hmm. and collecting bounties, and we're seeing all these new um, locations. And uh, hopefully, we'll see a bunch more characters that are 
um, just as good as uh, Nick Nolte. Right, uh, because we still haven't been introduced to um, Gianna, uh, Gina Carano. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. Or Giancarlo. Giancarlo. We've spent very little time with Bill Burr. We've spent very, very little time um with um grief carga right like yeah Brothers, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, more to come uh, so, and yeah, yeah. that story's not yet complete so nope. we get more burner i think in the third episode here yeah 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 i mean there's so i mean there's still there's you know they've got to answer why does burner want it you know what's going on with the mandalorian plots what are their you know motivations um what's the the medical officer doing what's the empire up to you know, we've seen in a lot of promo materials a lot of uh, um, stormtrooper helmets on on pikes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I wonder if if uh, we've already seen the owners of those stormtrooper helmets. Uh, yeah, good point. Um, but uh, we'll see um, next week. I mean, I, I've never been this excited for a TV show before, and so, now that it's started, I'm even more excited for it. And it, it's so great. And I cannot decide whether I'm happy or furious that they're releasing one episode a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't had appointment television in a long time. Because even like, not to, yeah. I, I don't want to say Game of Thrones, but even this last season of Game of Thrones, it didn't feel like appointment television like it had in previous yeah. seasons. So I feel like it's been a couple of years before that I've been excited for a specific day of the week to watch a TV show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. Great work, Disney, and uh, great work, John Favreau, and all involved. It's so yeah. awesome. Um, quick mention: uh, Ludwig Gordonson Gordonson is releasing his soundtracks by chapters oh. each week with each episode. So if you oh. right now, you can get Chapter One's track list, and then uh, and you can also get Chapter Two's track list as of now because Episode Two came out this morning. And where where can you get that? On Spotify, it's oh. streaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's going to be my new work music. It might be. I might yeah. have to put that on on so, work. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I'm going to download that now, and you all should too. Yeah, yeah. We finally have two games. Uh, awesome. Under EA, yes, we now finally we had uh, Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2. That's one game. And then uh, now we have uh, Respawn's Jedi uh, Knight, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and uh, it is, yeah, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. 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 So I got to jump in because I hate both of you right now. <laughs> so I'm away at a conference, cannot play this game, which, you know, would be hard enough. And then last night at 9 p.m. Uh, <laughs> West Coast time, yeah. uh, we share, I, I watched the two of these guys on our text chain. Just texting about getting ready to start Jedi Order, taking video caps of how many seconds are left before they can start playing. And I'm sitting here going, well, I will show them both. I'm going to watch The Mandalorian. And then The Mandalorian <laughs> didn't drop until 3 a.m. So, yeah. so I just sat there watching all these like gifts back and forth. Like, I guess I'll just read Resistance Reborn, which is a really <laughs> great book. I'm actually really enjoying it, but it's also kind of like not the same thing. <laughs> kind of not the same thing. Yeah. We've I'm going to go on Target right after this, uh, right after this taping to go buy my copy yep and then you can look at the box and then um, in 24 short hours you'll be home and play it yeah um yeah and you're gonna have such a good time i'm excited yeah, yeah. tell me all about it please i can't wait to hear first impressions ben um so mostly it was like about mechanics and stuff i was trying to be like what is this game like mm -hmm. and um i have it up on jedi master um to sort of make it a little more the 
the fighting a little more challenging. Um, it actually reminds me of an amalgamation of like three of my favorite titles. Um, God of War, uh, um, the Nathan Drake series, uh, Uncharted. Yeah, Uncharted. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Assassin's Creed. Oh, wow. Uh, it's sort of like it, it's all three of those. Granted, I so I've gone through like the there's like an intro cutscene on rails that you sort of go through um, at the beginning uh, or le- cut level, really. And then you get to a, uh, your second planet. Um, I, I got to this, you know, really the first planet. Um, and that's much more open world. Um, you know, you're sort of free to explore um, and you're off the rails. Um, so I hope that's the way most of the rest of the game goes. But oh, that's um, exciting. Right. That's as far as I got. Um, it, it's difficult. It's easy to die in this game, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a, a good thing. I think it's, it's a, ch- it's a challenging game. Um, the way I, so I'm, I'm not even at, I'm not at the highest difficulty. I'm at the, the next to highest difficulty. Um, and it's challenge, like it's, it, it takes real skills to, um, to win in melee combat and, um, and just moving around. It's difficult, but not in a, not in an annoying way. It's just like there's no rails. You you can fall off ledges. Like if you're just dumb and you fall off, you will fall and okay. die. Um, which is cool. There's you know there's yeah. there's no train. The training wheels are off. Um. So I, I just wanted to say that about the gameplay. Um. Other than that, I mean, I, I it's strikingly beautiful in the user interface. That was the other thing I was going to say is awesome. Which. It's it's not a cheap looking. It's a very expensive looking user interface, if that makes sense. Um, it's that very slick. Yes. pleasing. Yeah, nice yeah. easy to use, easy to understand. Um, very immersive, actually. Like the map system is like a hologram map system that like it sounds like the it has the sounds of the map systems that they use in the the TV shows or the and the animations and all that. Um, super fun. I just yeah. So I really love that. Uh, the music is great and yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it is, it is beautiful. Um, some of the gameplay, it felt like a little clumsy at first, but I think I'm just getting used to how the character moves versus like other games that I've played before. Yeah. I was amazed how well it captures the, the, the star Wars kind of brand and, and tone. It, it's very bombastic. Yes. It's very breakneck. It's very fast paced. It's a lot of set piece moments, a lot of action. Um, and it's just one thing to the next. Like there is never a dull moment in this game. Like they are constantly setting you up for the next big set piece moment. Um, and but that, like, it does it does quell itself once you get into the planet exploration stuff where the yeah. maps open up. And there's a lot of exploration. There's a lot. It's it's very much like Dark Souls if you played those games before, mm. where there's yeah. pathways to explore around uh, the the level or the environment. And you can open up shortcuts to explore new areas of that level. It's not so much like a, a vast open world where you have like, you know, planes and planes and and, and all this kind of landscape to explore. Right. So right. These, these lots of little linear paths that uh, lead, lead. It's a it's a wide linear game. Um, the combat was very much like Dark Souls Two in that uh, it's it's difficult. You're blocking. You're parrying. You're you're dodging. Um, and when you do die, you do lose all your XP, and you have to go attack the enemy. That, that, that killed you to to regain your XP so you can oh, wow. yeah your skills it's very much like Dark Souls in that in that respect uh, and then also Uncharted I think you nailed it with the Uncharted comparison there's a lot of climbing a lot of platforming it's a puzzler it's definitely like a Tomb Raider Uncharted puzzler type experience Ooh. yeah uh, and a lot of Breath of the Wild I thought I thought Breath of the Wild and and hmm. kind of Dark Souls and Uncharted were kind of the big comparisons to the for the for this game 
Well, you guys have sold me to the point where I'm completely broke, but I kind of want to go over to Target and buy a PlayStation just to hook up to my television in my hotel room. <laughs> I know you might be able to play it like on a console in Target, actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm going to see if I get it. I was kind of bored of the puzzles in God of War, but I thought these puzzles were far superior in Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, the first temple puzzle was actually super intricate, and I was amazed how how quickly I completed it. Like, it, it, even though it was intricate, like it was intuitive. Like I knew I had to move these balls onto these platforms to to start these kind of uh, these uh, these kind of um, turbine wells to 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 push air so I could jump to higher higher levels and things like that. Like it it was very intuitive, but also like a yeah. lot. To do. Like there's a lot of kind of management in that in that puzzle. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah, and it's also very. I don't know. It's not really clear cut. There's a lot of like I, I I get the sense that as you unlock more abilities, um, you are going to want to go back and there's more stuff that you you know that that a, a second or third playthrough of these um, areas are gonna you know show more more things. So yeah, like just like a Zelda game, like once you unlock the next gadget, or in this yes. case, force ability, you can go back to go through new doorways to new areas in levels that yeah. you previously explored. Uh, that's super, super cool, super fun to do. And it just it adds to the replay value of like you can keep playing the game. You can go back to other planets where maybe there's an avenue you didn't explore. Um, really, really cool. Uh, my favorite part of this game is the the unlocking of new force abilities and flashbacks to a certain moment uh, oh, yeah. uh, past where you're training with someone. And I I love these scenes so much that I don't want to spoil them. Like, OK, I don't want to spoil those moments and and who who was training cal kestis uh before the uh the purge and for order 66 like i don't really want to divulge all that stuff because it's so Ooh. good i think it's the best i think it's the best design choice in the game that these yeah these flashback sequences and um, it seems so obvious but it, like I, I don't i don't remember another game played this way um so yeah we'll just say the the leveling up and how you like learn your skills or relearn your skills in this case is cool it's yeah. beautiful so, yeah i guess you're kind of remembering back to when you knew those abilities but had forgotten them since order 66 and so now you're relearning like you said then so yeah he, it's it there's this thing where he like sees like he's got ptsd from yeah. the perch and that and so that's why you have to sort of relearn your your skills your training so that did you get to that first hallway uh uh scene where you're kind of going down a hallway and then it, it, it kind of yeah with the creatures on the wall well yeah well it kind of all it turns into kind of a dream sequence after that yes and, yeah, yeah that yeah. was well done i was like this is an amazing experience so i mean it's it's for the price of admission that's just well worth it to see those kind of cutscenes. yeah uh, so fun just to give you a different idea and I, I hope there's more of them i don't you know i, I don't know how I, I know we're gonna learn more force abilities and stuff but I I get the feeling that he he has a very unique set of force abilities, which I would like. I'd like you know I'm hoping it's not just the force push, force pull, force jump, force sprint. Like I I I think there is going to be some more interesting or uh, and some unique new force abilities that that this character will use compared to other games. So. Well, we know telemetry is back in this game because I think you touch an item at some point and then I, I kind of yeah pop-up comes up and says you know you've uh cal has telemetry and whatatever he touches he can see the memory of that inanimate yeah. object blah, blah. yep um so pretty cool that's Lots cool of- that's unique yeah. yeah that's really great and then you've got the droid to um bd1 um which i instantly like because we share the same initials um <laughs> but uh including one and voiced by ben burt too so ben oh burt. really 
Yes. Oh, that's so funny. He, he came back to do all the voices yeah. for in character. That's right. We knew. Yeah, we talked about that um, in one of the earlier things. I had forgotten though. Um, yeah, me too. It is the most. Is he's my favorite droid right now. It's like he's adorable. He's just an adorable little droid. Um, and it's he's very cool. It, he's a very likable character, and obviously he provides all these um, other mechanics that you need um, to sort of go through the world. Um, and it's a fun thing. Um, there are crates that you will raid, um, and the, the <laughs> animatic for that is so funny. It's the best one um, I've seen as far as like opening a crate. So. Uh, you'll just have to to play it to find out oh you guys are killing me yeah it's really really (laughs) fun uh the characters let's just jump into the characters real quick um uh siri junda from um the fallen the dark temple comics we've been reading uh is obviously in this game uh she's no longer a jedi and and as we know from the comics she was actually a very fearsome and powerful jedi at one point so so it's still a mystery to me as to why she's no longer a Jedi. I'm, it's starting to unravel now, but I'm not there yet in the game. Yeah, I haven't seen those reveals yet, and obviously we're not, we wouldn't spoil those either. But um, uh, super interesting character. Like it sounds like there's some. If, if Cal has trauma, it sounds like she has trauma to the hundredth degree. Like it just sounds. Yeah. Sounds, you know, something really terrible happened in her past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that she's leaning on Cal. It's. I mean, it's a riveting storyline. Riveting. Yeah. And yeah. um, you get a sense, you you meet the um, seventh sister and the second sister. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah. Early and along with the uh, the purge troopers. Um, and they are frightening. Yeah. Um, and you actually fight the second sister right. off the bat, right off the right. bat. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was trying to win that fight. I was desperately trying to win that fight. And <laughs> I realized it's one of those early boss fights where you just don't win. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Where are uh, you on Jedi Knight or Jedi Master? I'm on Jedi Knight. I'm not. I'm not as hardcore as you. I don't. I don't yeah, I'll, I don't I'll be fully doing Jedi Knight. <laughs> I got. I mean, I'm getting my butt kicked now, but um, I'm thinking, you know, because of it, and it's sort of tough because I'm just trying to learn. The controls are unique, and it's not, you know, any of the other things. So, um, I'm hoping it'll get easier. I, I've thought about going down to Jedi Knight, but I'm like, no, I'm gonna do this and try and and have, you know, really put some weight on the uh on the fights um because it, it is if you lose you lose your skill points and yep. a bunch of stuff and you got to go right back into action and some of the um creatures that you fight are fearsome hmm. and i'm like i don't know if that's an, a defeatable enemy like i i don't know so um yeah you're talking about that first boss maybe on um whatever that point is uh, i might not have gotten to that yet i don't know it, it was just a, a creature i found in a cave um yeah I think I think we're talking. About yeah, it's the Bago Doggo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of the first kind of mini boss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't think I can beat that, so I just stopped going into that cave because I got tired of dying. Um, but I, uh, I, I persisted. I just kept going. I kept dying, but I kept going back to fight that <laughs> until I beat it, and it right. was so satisfying. <laughs> All right, now I'm going back for him because I, <laughs> when you find a smaller version, just an Ago, not an Ago Doggo or whatever. And um, and I was able. I was like, oh, okay, I can definitely like I can beat this one. And then I noticed there were two different like things. And then actually, so after you defeat a, a creature, you scan it. It prompts you to scan it with um, I think with BD. Um, and but it, if you look at it, and it's called there's like a tactician um menu. Uh, like your menu grows. It's very sparse when you 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 start out, and you're like, oh, that's odd. And and I love this. And so as you like acquire new skills then it's your your menu gets larger 
so it's like very easy to organize in your mind um i don't know if this is making any sense but it's yeah it's uh it's very cool so and i never look at that stuff like whenever it's like oh you've unlocked a story for right. you know uh, you know something and i'm like i'm busy playing this game if i wanted to read i'd go read um but i, I did find myself sort of looking through this and right at the top they're like this is how you how you beat the character so um aim for the tongue data bank of yeah uh, that's really cool plant, plant life yeah fauna flora all that yeah but also, it's how to defeat the creatures is a you know that's like the top thing. They'll show you like this is how it's done, and uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. That's kind of a monster. Hunter. Yeah, yeah. When I heard this game was influenced by Dark Souls, I immediately set the difficulty to kind of normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you do go rest at a camp, uh, when you rest at a meditation zone, all the enemies do respawn. So it's kind of a slog to to keep going through those enemies over and over again if it's on a hard difficulty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Master Cordova from the comics we've been reading is in the game. Uh, very mm. prominent role in the game. Um, looks, it looks seems like he's no longer with us. It seems like he's just left a lot of hollow messages for for the character. Yeah. Um, uh, my new favorite character, Grease Dritus, the pilot of uh, the, the ship with with Siri Junda. Um, he is super fun. Mantis. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Mantis, uh, the ship. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's the pilot. I think it's his ship. I think uh, he yeah, looks. Cool. She refers to him as captain, right? So yeah, yeah. he kind of has like a Flash Gordon vibe with that, that jacket he's wearing. Like it's just, and he's an alien. He's he almost looks like uh, something you'd see out of Rogue One. That little kind of that monkey creature, with the the uh, Andaran. Yeah, whatever that's called in uh, yeah, Rogue. Yeah, like because he's got four arms, right? Yeah. Oh no, he has two arms. I think. I think he might have four. All right, we'll have to check it out. I mean, you you you've seen more of it, so maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think he, he has forms. He definitely grounds the, the the story like like a Han Solo character would or something. So <laughs> his inclusion is needed. Um, yeah, there was one line where he goes, "You're talking in your sleep, weirdo." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's uncalled for," but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love the characters so far. Music, I think we should touch on the music. The music is great. I'm on a planet called Zepho right now, and the music has this kind of that arpeggiating, kind of mystical arpeggiating chime, similar to the, the Rise of Skywalker trailer. It's 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 really really pretty music. Um, yeah, it sounds like there might be different music for each uh, planet that you go to, and it looks like we're gonna go to a bunch. So, oh wow. Yeah, I just landed on Dathomir, and I'm getting my butt kicked. So what, Dathomir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, hey, that was in in a lot of uh, pre-release footage. They only allowed test, or they only allowed press, you know, or journalists to play the Dathomir level. So I, oh, okay. that that has been around. That has been around the, the internet. Okay. Well, I didn't know, nor did I. But that's all right. Yeah, it's good to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um. Anything else you want to add, Grant? Uh, I mean. I, I love it's a little gamey it's a little more of a gamey game than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to have some rpg light elements possibly talking to people possibly an economy possibly you know shops i, I thought i thought it was going to be a little bit more of an rpg it seems like it's more of a platformer puzzler action adventure kind of souls souls like experience i think we'll get that rpg and I we so. i mean we kind of have had it you know old republic technically is an RPG, I guess. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be more. We'll get more in that vein. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. This one is it's definitely a puzzly Zelda, yeah, uh, yeah, melee combat thing. It's cool. 
but the combat is super deep and uh, really, really well designed. Um, mechanics are great. Force abilities feel really, really good. Lightsaber combat feels really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and there is dismemberment. Like when yeah. you a creature, like you cut that creature in half. Yeah. Yeah. Not they. I guess they. I thought I saw. Um, obviously, there's a lot of press. Like you don't dismember uh, stormtroopers. That's right. You don't dismember. But I, I thought I saw one of the early um, like alpha test of it. Like you did. Um, that would, no. Yeah, maybe maybe you could at one point, but then they stripped it out per Disney or whatever. But um, uh, I was kind of surprised that in this game the the scout troopers wield the kind of shock baton, and then the yeah. huh. the regular stormtroopers are the ones with the blasters. I always thought that would be reversed. I thought the scout troopers would use kind of long range blasters or regular blasters, and then or those little sweet pistols that are my one of my favorite ones. Yeah, the scout pistols. Yeah, the scout uh, pistols. Oof. Yeah, um, and they sort of shoehorned the the melee batons in there. It's like I think it yeah. might have looked, might have looked better if it was just the regular stormtroopers with the melee weapons and the scouts yeah. were hanging back because oftentimes scouts are you know recon, you know they're, recon. they're they're out there to survey the plant and fire. What's that? Is someone rubbing their microphone here? There we go. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, that would be cool. I, I could have used with a different. Um, I could have used a uh, just a different trooper, just like a melee trooper or something that maybe had like a little different design. I'm seeing a lot of reused elements from Battlefront in this. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, which is fine. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, what it took them eight years to make this game, so. Um, no, it, took, it probably took like three years to make this game. Really? Oh, from like when they actually announced it? Yeah. Well, we yeah yeah. I think it's three years for this game from because it's just. It, but it's been like eight years since or six years, right? Since EA got the license. Yeah, uh, and they had that one game, right? The Reef, the other game that got canceled. The Visceral one got canceled. Yeah. So that was there since the beginning. I thought this one was there since the since they announced. Um, I, you know, since they announced the EA games. I thought like, they said like, like recycled assets from the visceral game or ported over to because EA Star Wars, I know, has a lot of the assets I think that they use yeah. for Battlefront and all these games and things like that. So, like, yeah, things were created for a visceral game. I think it probably falls under the license of EA Star Star Wars EA or whatever. Yeah, no, but I think this is I mean, it, to me, it looks like assets from um, from Battlefront. Hmm. Um, and that's why I think we've got scout troopers, you know, using melee weapons and stuff. But uh um but i don't know um i can just sort of see it there's like you can see in the background there's all these um like health droids and stuff and um yeah i don't know um i'm just guessing here um but uh yeah it is an interesting choice that you've got these scout troopers with like the batons from um like grievous's um bodyguards is like droid bodyguards it's the those batons she's cool um but um yeah we'll see i mean i guess they did create the purge. Across the purge trooper yeah i still haven't bought yeah, one either yeah, me neither. Um, so we'll have to see, but um, yeah, um, so great game. We talked about what we love. We talked about you know what we kind of bumped up against, but overall, like I love this game. Like I am so happy with the product. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's awesome. I can't wait to play more of it, and um, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Um, oh yeah, the days and weeks to come. But um, this has maybe been a we, long episode. Yeah, maybe we should do a special on it, like a special standalone episode, because people are going to get through this game at different lengths so that yeah. you can download and listen to separately 
Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe once we've sort of made our way through it and we can talk about the story because the story is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see where it goes. And it'll be synergistic with the um, the comic, which uh, I think the the penultimate episode just came out. Um, and then the, the final one's going to come out in a couple weeks, I think. So um, that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll definitely know more about um, Sarah's uh, history through that. Sounds great. Perfect. Um, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Um, enjoy all this great Star Wars material. Um, I know we are. And um, keep on listening, and uh, may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Always. <laughs>